Pro Football Playbook, presented by the Pigskin Podcast Network, your source for team news, draft needs, player profiles and rankings, full senior bowl, combine, and NFL draft coverage, news, analysis, discussion. It's in the playbook. Now, here is your host, sports journalist Bill Alfstead, and featured analyst Keith Myers. Hey guys, welcome into the Pro Football Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with Keith Myers. We're going to talk NFL draft prospects today, Keith. Defensive ends and edge rushers. How you doing? Yeah, this is a, this is a fun group. This is like probably the deepest position in the draft. Um, just a lot of talent. And heavy at the, the top. Heavy at the top, but also heavy in the middle and in the bottom. There is just talent up and down. The draft yeah, well, what I what I meant this. was at the top, like uh, you know, rounds one through three, mm-hmm. um, we've probably got at least twelve to fourteen prospects that are going to go, and uh, I just I think that that's you know, that is pretty heavy for a normal draft. I mean, normally you're going to see, you know, maybe four or five defensive ends go in the first round, four or five six defensive ends go in the second round. This this could be a little bit more than that, and there's and there's good quality up and down as well and different types of defensive ends edge rushers guys that are smaller maybe more of strong side linebacker ish three four kind of guys mm-hmm. and you've got guys that are pretty stout they're going to be five techs that might be able to slide into a three tech uh kind yep. of role in the in the nfl so uh interesting conversation today and that's one of the things that i think we should point out when we say edge rushers because that's it's not that's not a position you'll find on uh, on an nfl roster because it varies from team to team Edge rusher is if you're playing a traditional three, four, it would be your outside linebacker. And in a four, three, it would be your defensive end. Um, But nobody really plays those traditional, like uh, straight up defenses anymore. Everyone's kind of a hybrid between the two. Maybe not everyone, but it just feel that way. Seemingly. Uh, Yeah. um, And so you have a lot of five tech defensive ends that slide into the three tech and play defensive tackle against the run. You have, um, guys that play outside linebacker against the run, but then move up to defensive end. And then um, you've just got specialists passing. that come in on third down and all yeah. they do is rush the passer. Yeah. So the, there's all it's, it's all, there's so much overlap and when trying to do defensive end as its own unique thing, well, then you have to defend, uh, differentiate between the three, four defensive ends that are, you know, the 280 pounds versus the four, three defensive ends, which can be 260 pounds. Um, or or this, even 235 or 40. Yeah, well, and this and it used to be those 235 pound were four three uh, outside linebackers, still pass rushers, still guys yes, that come up on right. the line. And so there's there's just so much overlap um, that we just we ever we just call them all edge rushers, and that's been kind of a trend for about a decade now to um, recognize that there's a lot of overlap between outside linebacker and um, and defensive end. And go ahead and um, combine them. What you won't find, though, is weak side linebackers. Guys that play off the line of scrimmage, drop into coverage, are more like a middle linebacker in terms of their responsibilities. Um, this will be your strong side linebacker that comes up and plays on the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, when, you're, when we're talking linebackers, or a four-three type guy where you're looking at your pass rushers. So it, right. there, it's, it's and there's different four-three guys. There's guys yeah, that are more stout that's setting the edge, and there's guys that are yep. more like a Leo that mm-hmm. uh that operate uh on, yep. the, on the weak side so um 
the, the cool thing about the conversation we just had is we've just got a whole bunch of players that'll fit right into that conversation and we'll Absolutely. be able to kind of show what we're talking about. So let's start at the top, Keith. I'm very much interested to see who you value more out of the top two players. Yeah, and everyone knows who we're talking about. Yep, Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan and Kayvon Thibodeau out of uh, the University of Oregon. These guys are generally considered one-two in the draft um, as far as talent, although you can throw in uh, offensive tackle Ryan Neal as the other guy that um, fits in that top three, maybe top one. Um, but those two guys, Kayvon Thibodeau and, and Aiden Hutchinson, I personally, I think that Kayvon Thibodeau is the more complete player. I think that he is um, just absolutely unblockable uh, up at, at times. He can rush inside. He can rush outside. Um, and his hand usage is good. He's so explosive. His uh, first step is lightning quick. Um, but it's not just quick without power. I mean, it, uh, he's just absolutely the complete package as a pass rusher and as a guy that can also hold up against the run. Um, Hutchinson is no slouch, and he, there's a reason he's the number oh, he's the number two overall pick on my board. Um, but I think he's just, you know, a fraction of a number, pick a, a fraction of a fraction less than Kayvon Thibodeau as far yeah, as they're, the they're just athlete. different. They're different players. They really are. Um, I I disagree with you. I know you do. I've spent some time <laughs> looking at looking at film with both these guys. And I've come away with the idea that I like Aiden Hutchinson better in the NFL as an NFL player on an NFL team. Now, Thibodeau is definitely a, a player, Keith, that you're familiar with. Uh, having uh, living in the Northwest, you see some uh, some Thibodeau, um, and he's he's lean. He's kind of a a lean build, long got long limbs, can affect the pass rush. I mean, there's no question, and he's underrated defending the run. There's no mm -hmm. question that he's going to be able to play a five-tech in the NFL. He could also play a Leo as well and drop back into coverage as a strong side linebacker in a 3-4. I think he, he could do, could do that, right? He's And he's also physical enough. He could he can slide into the three-tech if you need him to. He can literally Re rush uh, yeah, from anywhere. Yeah, I, he I'm can not, rush I'm, from anywhere. I'm not sure that he could line up as a three-tech without stunning. I don't I mean, know that yet. He'd be a guy that he's, that's, he's, he, he, he's, he's just there. A, he's in a little the little undersized for that. He's there. He, I wouldn't like him there all the time, but you could bring him up to the line of scrimmage. Well, this is where Aiden Hutchinson inside. has has the has the uh, diversity of scheme value for me because for, Aiden Hutchinson is going to be a true five tech in the NFL that mm -hmm. can slide into the three tech spot. You're not going to ask Aiden Hutchinson to really drop back into coverage a lot, depending on the team and the scheme. Um, he's going to be asked to be up front, set the edge, rush the passer. That's it. Yeah, if you're if you're asking Aiden Hutchinson to drop into coverage with as as one of the most elite pass rushers in college football um, coming into this draft, you probably aren't going to have a job for very long. <laughs> well, there's, why, there's so yeah, I mean, this is a guy that should never be in coverage. Well, there's Not one thing about Aiden Hutchinson when when you watch him, Keith, is he's a tenacious lunch pail kind of man's man defensive end like mm -hmm. he just is gonna get after it he reminds me of terrell suggs like early on terrell suggs where this guy's capable of maybe getting 15 to 16 sacks having like 100 tackles and maybe 
30, 35 tackles for loss, five forced fumbles. I mean, this guy's capable of doing it all from that position. Now, when I look at Kevin Thibodeau, I see more of a specialist in the NFL. Because when you look at his body, when you look at how he plays, when you look at his length, you he's going to be old. asked to do different things in the NFL than I think Aiden Hutchinson's going to be asked to do. And, and you're, I think only, you're only talking has about more seven value pounds. You're only talking about yeah, seven but you, pounds. I understand that, but it's where they carry the weight. It's the way that they play. If you okay. look at the tape between the two, they're just different players. They are, um, and they're and they're both elite. And I, I think like oh, absolutely. Let's let's not talk down about either one of them. No, 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 no. We're not talking players. down. We're just um, talking about in specific schemes in the yep. NFL. I just believe Aiden Hutchinson has more ability to be scheme diverse than Kevon Thibodeau does. And see, I would say the exact opposite because I would say that Aiden Hutchinson is going to be a five tech. Uh, on a four three team and then you're just going to stick him there and he's going to yeah. be awesome but i'm Whereas, thinking that he can and, he can slide into the three tech and i don't think that Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be asked to do that on a consistent basis in the nfl and if he is he's going to get hurt i think Kayvon Thibodeau you're going to have him he's going to be like uh frank clark with the kansas city chiefs and a few other players that frank clark was 285 pounds i'm going to remind you yes but he was coming out but he doesn't play at that in the nfl He's he's playing at 260. Um, and he literally comes when he breaks the huddle, you don't know where he's gonna line up. And he will line up and come from anywhere. Um, and that's who Kayvon Thibodeau is gonna be, whereas Aiden Hutchinson's gonna line up at the five tech every single play. The thing about Kayvon Thibodeau, too, is he's got the speed. He has he does, a, a lot more speed, speed than Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson's not bad. He runs mm -hmm. like a four, six, five. But uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is going to run a 4.5, 40 at 260 pounds, 6.5. And that's, mm -hmm. that's intimidating. That's impressive. That's the, very the, impressive. The other part that I would, I, I, the reason why I, um, I put Thibodeau above Hutchinson is that um, Thibodeau didn't have a lot of help in or, at Oregon. That Oregon defensive line was okay. Um, the number four yeah defensive end yes on, on my list. board here yeah, mine is too. all also at michigan yes right they had a and top he defensive too yeah one of our one of our one of our top or not top but like you know high tier um defensive tackles uh in this draft was from michigan you're not double teaming any of these guys so it makes it really easy for them to show um whereas thibodeau was playing against double teams constantly and was winning you would double teams would double team him. And it didn't yeah, that, that is an interesting point. And I will say that Aiden Hutchinson, keep in mind, Aiden Hutchinson played at Michigan against top flight talent in college football. Oh, absolutely. And, and yeah. when we talk about some of these other guys that we're going to talk about today, you got to look at the level of competition and keep absolutely. that in mind because yep. Aiden Hutchinson did it at the highest level and did it at the highest level against that sort of competition as well yeah, as Kayvon Thibodeau as well. So we're, yeah, we're talking about guys who, um, you know, or we're talking about Ohio State and Penn State. And these were elite players that, that Aiden Hutchinson was dominating. Whereas, well, I will, I will, I will say this. I think Aiden Hutchinson is like one of those players in this draft that is, um, that is probably least likely to, to bomb and to, yeah. to fail. And I'm, the, I'm not so convinced about Kayvon Thibodeau only because of injury situation. I think he's more susceptible to injury. And I think that, that makes the difference for me that that little yeah. micro fraction that you said flipped it for it's you. So small. It it's it for me. So, 
it's such a small difference from one to the other. We're debating these two guys as if you know, <laughs> as if you're yeah. if one of them's one of them's um you know gonna be a uh, an all pro and the other one's gonna um be a draft bust. I think they're both fantastic, fantastic players. At the end, I'm a little life. torn on the because I don't believe that uh, most boards have George uh, Karlofidis, uh from Purdue as the number mm-hmm. three overall guy, and I watched tape between him and David Ajabo from Michigan mm-hmm. is the, the other Michigan player that you were talking about. And I like David Ajabo better. Mm-hmm. Um, George Carlofidis uh, uh, from Purdue played against subpar competition. And I thought was okay. It, it, at, at that level of competition, like nothing really completely popped for me. He's, he's kind of like a, I mentioned lunch pal earlier, total lunch pal type player just really gets after it, but he kind of cleans up a lot of stuff. If you really mm-hmm. watch the tape, he's cleaning up like he's not initiating. He's so not dominating. The, he's right. getting there's, a lot of stats because other great, people get pressure and they push at them. There's into, great. Yeah, there's yeah. great players in the NFL that make a great living at being defensive ends by being cleanup guys. Mm-hmm. Great players, players that that make the Pro Bowl because they, they get numbers, but they're not guys that take on double teams They're not guys that make a difference you know, at the end of games when they need to make a play and so forth. I'm not sure if George is is that guy. I'm just not convinced. Yeah, I, th- I think someone's going to talk themselves into taking him in a t- as a top 10 pick. And I I think they're going to end up disappointed. Um, because I, if I'm taking a guy in the top 10, I want them to be explosive. I want yeah. them to be absolutely dominant. And, and Carlos I have Drake. Good. I have drake jackson and david ajabo on my list above him interesting so drake jackson is a is an interesting um one for you to have above him because you know consensus big board um at nfl mock draft but database has him way down at 32. and i don't Um, believe that that's the case he's 250 pounds he's going to be a little smaller maybe a strong side linebacker three four linebacker in the nfl uh drake jackson so he's going to be asked to do a lot of different things um, some similar to like a uh, Thibodeau that you, that mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier, and he does have the speed to do that. He's six four, two fifty, runs a four five zero, and yeah. so and he's really long. When you look at Drake Jackson, he really does a lot. He has got great bend. He really does get after the quarterback in that way, and he also can set the edge for you as well. And yep. I, you know, I think George Carlofidis uh, is a guy at two hundred seventy five pounds, runs a four seven forty at six four. He, he, he's just, he's got the stocky build. He's got the big, huge legs. He's, he's like a five tack that needs to yeah. put on just a little bit of weight to come in and slip inside for you on, on third think, downs. And I'm just I not think, so convinced with him. I think Karloftis does have that three, four defensive end uh, ability. And he, there, that's going to be marketable. It's going to be something that teams are going to look at because finding three, four defensive ends is really hard. Because now you need guys that are 275 to 280. Yeah. Um, that 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 can do the different things that you That's need them true, to do. Keith. And I think he is going to be coveted by the teams that uh play a three-four in the NFL. And, and I think because that's really where I've got him, is is there um because he's not you you draft him in a four-three, he's your five tech, maybe a guy that can slide inside as, as a three tech, mm-hmm. but he's he you he is you can find guys like that later. But he's not that as can, strong. He's not as strong as like a Aiden Hutchinson. So 
when you mm. look at, at at him and and you look at him play, he's not throwing guys off of him like a um, Frank Clark. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's not pushing guys out of the way to make a play. He's just seemingly just slightly undersized for what he's trying to do. But I didn't want to gloss over a guy like uh, David Ajabo. I you know when you look at the Michigan tape and you go look at um, Aiden Hutchinson. He- oftentimes you're also looking at a guy like David Ajabo that's right there yeah. as well at the same time. When I was, I went to go watch Aiden Hutchinson tape. I ended up um, watching David Ajabo and then being like, I'm like, wow, when this guy, when this kid comes out, cause he just that first step and that initial power on the first like burst. Um, he's yeah, small, no, right. He, he's yes, a smaller right. guy, but he has that just like, yes, just intense burst. burst. And then, um, and then you know he just turns that speed into power so effectively um i was looking at him i'm like wow and that kid comes out he's going to be high on draft boards and then i went and looked i'm like oh yeah he's also on this draft so he's going to be yeah. high on draft boards yeah. i think he's a top i think he's a top 10 pick i do think and this and that's what we were talking about before with this being a really um loaded at the top of the draft draft class at defensive end we've just mentioned four guys that i think are in the top 10 of the draft yeah. Karloff just might drop a little bit because I um, think so. As as it goes on, and you see the testing at the combine and so forth, I I'm not sure yeah. he he still might be a top ten guy, but I think a couple of guys end up moving in front of him. But that's just me. I will say that Drake Jackson, who you mentioned out of USC, is one of my favorite defensive ends in that his ability to turn the corner and get from outside yeah. and then get in. He with his bend and the um, length, yep, the length and and his bend, he gets it's not just speed. It's the ability to get leverage on the outside, lean in on the, on the offensive tackle so that you can stay outside of his hips and get around that corner. Um, Jackson does that really, really well. Yeah, It's uh, funny. And, I only wrote two words for each or one word for each player. Uh, mm-hmm. David Ajabo, Drake Jackson, David Ajabo. I just wrote speed. And when I went to look at his, his, guesstimated 40 time they have him at a 462 i think he's faster than that at least I he shows so the too. burst the quick area quickness and, and all yep. that kind of stuff he's you know maybe that's all he needs in the nfl a straight line speed sideline sideline is going to be a factor mm-hmm. and 462 will get it done in the nfl but he looks more like a four or five guy to me you know just well, the burst and the ability to just go from zero to 60 yeah. in like a split second is just when crazy. you get to the when you get to the combine i for a lot of positions especially like defensive end and defensive tackle i don't care about a 40 time i care about the 10 yards yeah, split splits um of the mm-hmm. 40 time because no because it doesn't matter to me how how quickly they get 40 yards downfield it matters how quickly they can get that first 10 and i think ajabo's first 10 is going to be elite and yeah. his over at the end of the 40 down um you know at the end of the run it's going to be uh fairly average but that first 10 which is all that matters is his ability to get upfield quickly and that agility um, that broad jump that yep, you know that vertical. was where where Jabo's gonna gonna really perform well and and um really show yeah. and i think that jackson's got some straight line speed um uh, he's a guy that can run run down running backs from behind uh, yes. and make plays sideline to sideline but i don't know if he has the power he doesn't right? have the burst either he does, to me does not look like a guy who's going to ever win with a bull rush if he can't get around the corner on you he's not getting there 
Um, but I like his ability, his bend and his ability to get leverage and get around the corner. I, I think that's, he does a really good job of, of that. And that's why I've got him as a first round grade as well. And now a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. The NFL playoffs are here and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have something to play for this wildcard weekend. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN. This wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. So I wanna, I'm want i interested. I've kind of been throwing these names out. Why don't you throw uh, the next few names out? Um, so the next few names, I mean, there's like a group after, um, Jackson, a bunch of second round guys. Yeah. There's yeah. a bunch of second round guys. I can give you three that I honestly don't know which one I like more. Um, Kingsley, uh, and Ogbear, um, my Jai Sanders and Jermaine Johnson. Those three guys are all, um, they're I, they're ranked in my, on my board right now, like right next to each other, and I that you could interchange them. Which um, one? Which ones were, was it? Sanders, uh, Sanders, Jermaine Johnson, and Kingsley Inagbear. Inagbari. Bari. Is that how it's? I. You know what? Sure. I had to look that up too. And he um, goes by the nickname JJ. I'm just I'm just letting you know. We got to call wait, them by their names that they like to be called K- by. Kingsley Inag Inagbare. Yeah, so throw out the Kingsley, and he and it's JJ because just, just, you, just call him JJ. Okay, but but and, not Jermaine, not Jermaine Johnson. That you yeah. don't, we don't call him JJ because you know <laughs> that would make sense. But apparently, we're just not going to do that. Um, <laughs> exactly. So yes. okay. Anyway, so this this group, um, like I said, they're and and uh, my and my my, my J is crazy. actually my J. Yeah, my yeah. J Sanders. Yeah. Um. I I. I kind of um I kind of like um JJ uh Kingsley and Agbare um because he did that I, really well. Um he had he is a guy at South Carolina played against some really really high end talent in the SEC. There's some great offensive tackles uh, in the in the SEC and and Agbare managed to show yeah. and flash like high-end talent um he also didn't have much help on that line um and so he's probably my favorite of the three but when you go through and you watch uh sanders out of uh cincinnati 
he flashes too and actually looks really impressive and had a lot to do with why that um defense was able to shut some teams down and, and keep them what do you uh, think winning about the level and into of that situation with him you, you know uh i it's why i put Inagbari ahead of him yeah <laughs> because Inagbari played um against the highest level well if you look Sanders at, did not here's what here's what you do when you look at the film of sanders is you really got to just step back and go okay he's 255 65 runs a 468 so he's he's kind of on the smaller side and he still doesn't have the great speed that some of those other undersized players might have and when you look at him keith he looks like a safety like he doesn't he look does he, he does he, not look like a very defensive lean. end yeah and so he looks like mm -hmm. a safety or or a really lean linebacker. And and so when that translates to the NFL, I'm just not sure where NFL personnel guys and coaches think they're going to scheme him up, you know? And so to me, even though he's got that talent, you've got to figure out where you're going to put him because you can't necessarily put him as a guy that's going to be able to set the edge. You can't slide him inside. You're really talking about having him be a 3-4 style linebacker in the NFL. And so you've got to make sure that he's got those abilities to drop back into coverage and so forth. You're going to want to see that at the combine and maybe the senior bowl. Well, I wouldn't say a three, four outside linebacker. I would do a four, three outside linebacker. Okay. Here, okay. Fair here, enough. He's, Strong he's side off. linebacker then. Yeah. Um. So he's, he's, he's rushing the passer. He's, he's doing those things, but he's doing it with speed from outside. Um. The other player, which kind of came to mind was, um, Guy that played for the Eagles, the Seahawks, and Jacksonville over his career, Chris Clemens, who was um, very much undersized, and uh, it didn't matter. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't great against the yeah the run. But Chris but Clemens man, that didn't guy he didn't he edge. have like a four five or four four five forty or something like that? I I don't remember. I just remember watching him rush off the edge, and he was just so quick yeah. around the corner, first, and, quick first step, but undersized, and it but it didn't it didn't matter when he was rushing. The pastor that he was undersized but at all at the same time he was never a great run defender so i got the same sort of feeling with jermaine johnson um mm -hmm. when i watched him is he similar. had the same similar body type although yep. a, little, a little larger at uh, 262 um six five a little longer but he just had that strong side linebacker yep. like uh strong side safety strong safety vibe to me uh, I wouldn't say strong safety. I'm not sure he's quick enough for that. Um, I, I, and I didn't know. You know, I just but, looked at his body style and the way that he played on the field, and it just looked to me like he wasn't going to be strong enough to be able to take on <laughs> tackles or double teams in the NFL. But a lot of a lot of like get washed um, out teams like uh, San Francisco and um, Dallas this year. Uh, and, a, you know, the Chargers, the way they play their strong side linebacker, where he's up on the line of scrimmage, setting the edge against the run and essentially kind of being a, a fifth defensive lineman because he actually is on the line of scrimmage for most plays. I thought that would be a good fit for him because he's outside wide enough. Yes, like a nine tech, tech type of a deal. <laughs> yeah, he's outside wide enough that, um, you know, he's not going to get. He, he's not like you're not he's not the point of attack guy. He's an edge setter that forces the run back in. But if it's not a run, he can use that speed, that uh, that yeah, burst to just get around. I think they around. would still be susceptible to like a tight end and a tackle double teaming him and washing him out, though. Yeah, I mean that's so absolutely. 
one other player that I want to talk about, and then we can maybe throw out some names. Um, mm-hmm. A player that we talked about last week when we talked about interior defensive tackles, uh, Trayvon Walker out of Georgia. I kind of wanted to throw him in this list as well. Yeah. 6'5", He's... 275, runs mm-hmm. a four six forty. So to me, the four six forty with that player makes the difference because now so all of a sudden he's really a guy that you could bring in on the at the five tech almost full time slide him in on passing downs so i'm i'm interested where you get the 4644 because what i uh i mean i know we use different services for this and until the combine it's estimated anyway but i've got 479 for yeah i know that Um, i know that you do and you got i know where you got that but um where did i get this number I pulled that off of um, Walter Football, I believe. Okay. Um, which so, which none of them are dependable right now. Yeah. It, until we get to the combine next he, month. That may have been a much. number that I pulled um, that he ran at a at a Nike camp at, between high school and and freshman uh, year in college okay. when he was under a little bit more undersized. Yep. I like him as in the same way that um, Carl Loftus, when, we, when I talk about him, it's a 3-4 outside or 3-4 defensive end where you've got an outside linebacker outside and you've got a nose tackle inside of you um, and you're playing you know, in that B gap between the tackle and the guard. Um, I like Trayvon Walker in that spot because I think he is um, he's quick enough and strong enough to, to, to have to play that role. And yeah. at two seven at two seventy two seventy five, if he can get if he can even sniff into the four sixes mm-hmm. out of at like a three tack yeah. in the NFL. Oh my goodness. He yep. could really be a disruptor. He could kind he of be, be an a, undervalued guy. I think I have like a second second round grade on on him. Yeah. Just based and on that's where on I've, that's where, where I've got him at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I think yeah, as, as a three tech um uh defensive tackle rushing and then or but or a five tech. I really think like in a three, four, you stick him at the five tech and let him be your, your defensive end there. Um, and you'll be happy. I, I, I really think so. I think he has uh, a lot of, a lot of upside in that role, but again, there's not so many teams now play, play a hybrid of a three, four versus four, three. And, um, so you kind of have to have that scheme versatility and be able to do both. There's no such thing as a, um, you know, just a three four defensive end you have to be able to do some of the four three uh defensive tackle stuff and i think walker absolutely can so one of the player one i'll just throw out one more name because we're going to run out of time and maybe Mm -hmm. you can throw one out but a guy that i'm watching that i'm paying attention to that i know for a fact will probably end up rising up boards depending on his um interview process and so forth because i understand there might be some off-field stuff zach harrison out of ohio state and the reason mm-hmm. I brought up Zach Harrison is because he's 6'5 and um, is 270 pounds, but is reportedly runs a 44740 and has a 38 inch vertical. Mm-hmm. So if that guy goes into the combine Super with those athletic. numbers and he can show that, flash that stuff, and people go back and revisit the film um, and see, see some of that mm-hmm. uh, on tape, His that, guy's, film is nice. that, guy, that guy could be a riser. Yep. Um, and then I'll throw out, um, of course, I was hoping you were throwing out this cake because I can't pronounce his name. Um, uh, Arnold uh, Epi- Epic Etty. Yeah. E- okay. Epic- that's pretty. Yeah. That's yeah. We'll Ebi- go with that. Ebby Ketty. 
Ebby Ketty, um, out of um, Penn State. And, you know, he's a little, he's 6'3", so he's, a, you know, a couple inches shorter than some of the guys we talked about. Um, 256, uh, just, he's not fast, but he's quick. And uh, I think he's a guy that can't, I wouldn't put him as an outside linebacker. I would make sure that you line him up as the Leo, you know, the seven tech, um, you know, d- uh, defensive end. But I think he has a lot of upside to just be a solid pass rusher um, at the next level. Nice. Yeah, we talked about a lot of guys. And there's, you know, if you really go and take the deep dive and you look at uh, quite a bit of the, you know, the other players that you find on big boards all over the place, you'll be able to go and watch some some tape, some highlights on YouTube, whatever you mm-hmm. guys have access to out there. And um, you'll see that that this draft has players, you know, into the fifth, sixth round that still can provide the team some really yep. nice depth and the rotation in a lot of different spots. We were we were ten people deep at the position, and we were barely into the third round. Yeah, I know it's fun. Draft's so much fun. Yep. <laughs> uh, and this this position is really strong at the top. It's really deep in the middle and the end at the end. Um, if you need a pass rusher or just overall, if you need a, you need an edge player, this is a good draft to need an edge player because there's a lot of really nice ones. Yeah, and it's drafts like this too, where you get a lot of offensive linemen, a lot of defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. right and and some skill p- position players so you know you get like three or four or five quarterbacks off the board and you know be- between the first and the second round these guys so there's a ton of position groups that are going to be you know available that have barely been picked over at all into the second and third round in this draft and mm-hmm. um, so there's going to be a lot of value there for teams that are patient so okay let's get out of here for today let's thanks do Keith. It. all right Follow Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. I'm at Altstead NFL. You can find the show at PF underscore playbook. Find us on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube channel. And please subscribe. That would be awesome. So until next time, see you guys. Thanks for listening to the Pro Football Playbook Podcast. Follow Keith at Myers NFL. Bill is at Altstead NFL. The show is at PF underscore playbook. Listen and subscribe on your favorite podcast app or YouTube and at our website, profootballplaybook.co.